0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Slavic Bros. This is our second episode. My name is Tyler, for those that missed, and this is my boy Austin. Hey, what's up guys? Ciao, Ludy Thank you for tuning
1: into our second episode. Today we're going to be discussing problems faced by
0: Slavs across the world. Yeah, see, uh, before before we get into that too, I want to say a current problem I'm facing is uh, the realization to not mix Sliba and vodka together. I just tried that and that was horrible. My mouth was just actually attacked. I would not support doing <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, because
1: like, bro, you're basically mixing vodka and vodka. So you're doing yourself a double shot and yourself over.
0: Yeah, yeah. For for all those tuning in, that's something I definitely want to stress. Do not ever in any circumstance mix those two drinks. It does not turn out well. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, going into it, this is a pretty complex one. We touched a little bit on this back in our first episode um it's it's truthfully it's one of the biggest things on why we're even doing this podcast and we we touched a lot about the American side, so I think it's probably fair to say we'll touch a little more on the European side of the Slavic matters um so Austin, I guess going right into it here, do you have any like initial comments you want to get across on this? Yeah. My
1: initial comment is that Slavs are not encouraged to be proud to be Slavs. yeah, and the same can be said for other Eastern Europeans. There's like this culture where we feel like we're inferior and we need to imitate Western countries. Hell, some of us can't even some of us don't even want to say our names correctly. <laughs> I will re- recently, I noticed that Adam um a famous Czech singer, got up drop. on stage for an international audience, and pronounced his name Adam Masik. So, Mr. Masik, if you're tuning into this podcast, we would like to welcome you on to a future episode where we can discuss your name change and make sure you become a proud Slav. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's
0: a name drop. Damn. It's a, it's a, it's a ballsy start to, uh, to our second episode, but you know what? I'm all in uh definitely if you are tuning in on this uh I, i'd be pretty interested to see and uh, talk to you about why it is you chose to do that because we we do want to point that like being proud of slavic heritage is pretty important i mean hell we're here to push that that's something like that's a message we continuously try to push and uh for a lot of folks they may think that's just kind of small. like oh it's just you know you just spelled it you know simpler for some i guess illiterate americans to uh to understand, but doing so, doing stuff like that, that that panders to the West and that just panders way to avoiding your own culture and kind of just tossing it aside. That's something I know you're very strong about, especially because he's Czech and you have the Czech background as well. Um, So I'd definitely be interested to see why it is he chose to do that. Definitely. Um,
1: My initial thought is it's because he wants to seem just as um, appealing to other Europeans, namely Western Europeans and Americans. You know, these days there's this idea, particularly in the Slavic nations that are in the EU, that they're just Europeans, but it don't work like that. Yeah, no shit, we're all Europeans. We all live on the continent of Europe, but, you know, our grandparents, if they heard us say this, would be ashamed because we've always seen ourselves as distinct. Yes, it's great that we're all in the EU and we're in this cohesive organization. But still we should not forget that we are different. Right. Differences and diversity is what makes the world go round. So in this new era of globalization, Slavs really need to start taking up for themselves and putting our culture out there.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree. Cause especially like you're saying, um, kind of regardless of, of like whatever you think, globalization's happening. It's gonna keep happening. And it's great in some areas, but we we are starting to notice culture starting to change, or it's perhaps just starting to go away. Um, and that's something we don't want to see, especially for you know the Slavic cultures. There's a lot to preserve, and it just there's the threat that it could be going away. Um, I I do want to say, like I, I want to know kind of your your opinion on this. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm like walking too much of the line here. Um, from my perspective, it seems like the checks are almost more susceptible to the idea of, like, the the Western intrusion, especially when it comes to, like, like Germanic culture, like, presiding over the Czech culture. I guess I'm not sure if that's making sense enough, but just having, like, where people are looking towards places like Germany and other Western nations, and they're trying to become more like them rather than show off their own culture. Like, it's almost like they're not proud of it anymore. Yeah.
1: There's definitely a sector of the Czech population... Um, mainly it is wealthier people who some of whom some of whom are well represented in the entertainment industry unfortunately <laughs> they have this idea that they want to just imitate the West because our own culture is not something to be proud of and it is something that is exotic to an international audience which is a bit odd because in this era of globalization, it is supposed to be about the world coming together and everyone bringing their different perspectives and different cultures to the table. Czechs, Slovaks, and some other Slavic groups just have this idea that our culture isn't good enough. So, I mean, with this mentality, how can we expect to be successful? We're just going to be forgotten is my, is my take on it. Fortunately, yeah. other countries like Poland have a larger population and a stronger culture so I don't think that y'all are as susceptible to this. Tyler, what are your thoughts?
0: So I guess, like, initially, what I personally think, I, I do agree that, like, I don't know if Poland is necessarily as susceptible to this. Um, if I had to guess, I would say there's a little bit more of, like, historical context. Obviously, Czechs, Slovaks, Poles, other Slavs as well, all faced a lot of oppression. They faced a lot of times where they were just ruled over by other people. Um... The Poles had a pretty bad for a for a while, though, where they really had to do everything they could to preserve their culture because people just tried to wipe it out. And it's, it's not like an exclusive event. It happened multiple times uh, throughout their history. And so I think they really took that to heart and they realized, like, we have to do everything we can and to fight for this and to keep this. And I, I think, like, in Poland, you have a lot of, like, despite there being technically other smaller ethnic groups throughout Poland, there's that very... Um, I guess like well-refined definition of like what it means to be Polish. They have like that patriotism. They all will come together to be Polish. And that's like their collective identity that they use to be like, nope, you are not doing this. And so the Czechs and the Slovaks, I definitely would agree that they are a little bit more susceptible. I don't know if they've, um they possess that. And I think the time they could have had something like that would have back, would have been back in uh the times of Czechoslovakia.
1: Yeah. I think that Czechs and, Czechs and Slovaks used to be very patriotic, but today I think that it's just something has been broken within a lot of us. There's just this sense that we're a small. We're small countries and we can't achieve anything. Of course, yeah. then we get to why it was foolish the country broke up, but th- we'll save that for a different episode. <laughs> because of our small size and also history. We have this poor mentality where we feel like we can't make a difference. Now, Czechs also had to fight throughout history to survive. Mm-hmm. But the difference in Czechs and Poles in this is Poles usually, Poles were able to emerge victorious some of the time. And oh. Czechs every <laughs> single time were not. So there's like a, a special pride in being, in being defeated amongst Czechs, but still being able to persevere and preserve the culture we have the saying, we were, we are, and we will be. So Mm -hmm. for us, it's like, it doesn't matter what happens, we're still gonna persevere. But unfortunately, such a mentality doesn't translate into patriotism very well in the modern context with the younger generations who have limited respect for what our ancestors went through. Now, in the Polish case, having like this mentality of fighting for your rights it's easy for young people to get on board with that and feel passionate for us it's a little bit of a different emotions that come to the forefront it's sort of like you really have to understand the history and like spend time talking to your parents and your grandparents to understand a lot of things that transpired with us in the past if that makes sense T- tyler what do you think does that kind of make sense
0: or am i totally just off the yeah, wall, yeah I, I I think I do think I, I, i'm I'm getting that there. um i I do agree that like a lot of young people, especially just don't I guess have the appreciation or maybe they just don't understand. I think like there's a lot of traumatic events that maybe were just like kind of just put aside. It's like, oh, that's just like so long ago. Some of the events weren't really that long ago. Some of them actually were. but either way, it's like in today's age, people are just so quick to, I guess forget about it. Um, and I mean, it's it's all right to forgive about certain events, but I do think it's really important to not forget about it, because that's like part of the reason I'm like why people are the way they are today. I'm really big into that kind of stuff. And so I definitely would say like, I guess a lot of people forgetting about it, that causes a lot of problems that we do see today, where people are just not understanding any of the history. And those that do bring up the history are called all sorts of names or whatnot, or, you know, called a nationalist or something like that. Something similar. I don't know if that, that's thats coming across as uh, pretty clear.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, these days, a lot of times, if you express pride, you're called a nationalist.
0: Mm. And amongst Western Europeans, that's a horrible word. Yeah, see, that's a thought that I actually have that I, I think is kind of kind of important to address is that, like, like you're saying they look at like some of these Eastern European countries and like, oh, they're nationalistic. And then they like equate that to something that happened in the 20th century. It'll be, you know, a various dictator or whatnot. And like these horrible times where certain crimes that were like horrible ha- occurred. Um, but like these countries, they basically expect you just to like lose your culture and then come to this like overarching, like, oh, European identity. Oh yeah, we're all kumbaya together. And I think it's really interesting because, like, I'm sure you'll agree with this: the West pretty much will like bend their ass over for like literally anybody else. It's like, oh, but but for Slavs, like, ah, oh, you guys are you guys are there. You guys aren't allowed to have your own uh, cultural identity. You're not allowed to express yourself. But like, we want others to express themselves. Uh, I, do you have any comment you'd like to say about that? Because I know that's very prevalent in like just like regular politics and society, also in the media too. Absolutely. You know,
1: these days with all this diversity and everything, all these different shows have to have all these people from all over the world. And there also is a huge emphasis on combating cultural appropriation. So, you know, the wearing of Indian clothes or African yeah. clothes and in their incorporation into modern Western designs. Well, we Slavs and Eastern Europeans, they don't care about us at all. You know, the, you know, for Films such as black, the Black Panther series, the cast has to be predominantly black or African. Mm-hmm. For other films, Disney films such as Moana or um, the other ones that have the ethnic princesses, now they want the cast to be predominantly Pacific Islander or Southeast Asian or Asian, whichever ethnicity reflects the story. Yeah, yeah. Now, for Slavs, we're just totally left off the page. Like, there, I don't know of any Disney, Slavic Disney princesses, and I don't know of any Slavic fairy tales. I don't know of any Slavic productions, to be honest with you. There is one exception I can name, that being The Witcher, which yeah. I'm sure many of you are not familiar with. But I bet that you didn't even know it was Slavic. <laughs> yeah. It's- it, the Witcher is based off of Polish and West Slavic, so Czech and Slovak folklore. But if you play the games, you probably don't even realize that because it's just kind of glossed over. And if you watch the Netflix series, I don't think there's a single Slavic person that, that's that's um, in the cast.
0: Yeah, I, I don't – now that you're saying I don't actually know if there is. Um, I mean, like, that being said, I, I don't necessarily, like, fully believe that, like, everybody has to be, you know, Slavic or whatnot. I, I think it would be cool – to have some slavic actors and such and uh especially when you're like doing about those people but then you don't it, it doesn't make sense um but then like you go out of the way to do other things and you get solely that it's just like well the lack of just care or maybe it's just like you know nobody uh, understands the like i guess attention to detail in this case i'm not sure in my mind i think it's just like ignorance like they just don't care uh they're like well no nobody's gonna bother asking questions about this like oh they're just they're just gonna assume oh it's just regular white people that just possess the same culture as everybody, everybody else in Europe, which is, yeah. And,
1: and see, that's the problem they think we're just white people. We're just Europeans. Well, we're not, we also want to be seen, Um, you know, you know, all the Witcher, they don't all have to be slavic. Like, you know, we can't Henry Cavill is iconic. He's got to play the witcher, (laughs) but I mean, come on, like you can see half the world in that TV series. I mean, there's, there's black actors and actresses, there's Indian, there's Asian, everybody. But there's
0: not a single one with origins in Eastern Europe. Kind of yeah. kind of weird. It is odd, because, like, I guess if you are going to go on that path, like, you would expect to see that in everything else, too. Because, like, I mean, I don't really care, honestly. Like, like for me, I'm like, you know, find, find good actors and whatnot. I just think it's, like, it's definitely, like, a noticeable hypocrisy when, like, they go out of their way to find, like, Oh, actors that are like meet X and X requirements just for this, but then it's like, oh, but the rules don't apply for here. Cause I don't mind that there's like, you know, diverse actors or whatnot. Um, I just think, like I said, it's just a it's a blatant hypocrisy where you take special care in one instance, but then you just toss that aside in another. Definitely. And you
1: know, nowadays too. I sometimes get the feeling that there are voices and actors in the West who want to actually discourage a sense of Slavic pride and Slavic solidarity. You know, yeah, fair. You, you go you go to like social media, you'll see all kinds of meeting pages for Slavs and all of that. But <laughs> every time I read about someone that you know, if I read a publication from a think tank or some newspaper or some research side and the words Slavic solidarity are mentioned usually right after that the words far right are also mentioned and I'm going to be honest I think that's complete bullshit because if you feel a sense of Slavic pride and Slavic solidarity the same thing that other ethnicities may or may not feel such as Arabs or Latinos that shouldn't be a bad thing that should be a good thing as long as you don't take the step to think that you're better than other nationalities, but feeling a sense
0: of kinship that should not be discouraged. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that's a pretty valid point you brought up there. Um, I, I definitely, I I have to agree there that a lot of times, like I, I noticed this, especially for Poland and like a lot of times in the past, uh, it's, it's changed a little bit, I guess, in, in like the past year or so, Um, due to the whole Ukraine situation, Poland's kind of been seen in a slightly different light. Um, But in the past, I've just noticed, like, everything that had to do with Poland was like, oh, um, far right, or, you know, insert some other term that was just, like, horrible. Uh, And and I don't, I I wasn't really understanding it, because it was just, like, they were trying to paint him in such a negative light, and they were trying to make him seem like these, like, extremists that were going to, like, conquer everything. And I, I just – I didn't like that because, like, these, there's people that have pride and they want to be uh, self-preserving and they, they want to have their own – like, they want to be ruled, like, by themselves. And so whenever they, like, make decisions that, like, weren't in line with a lot of the West, like, everybody freaked out. It was like, oh, let's call these guys just extremists that are a threat to democracy, essentially.
1: We have to do the same thing in Czechia. It's like every time the conservatives start to kind of gain power – Western news outlets start saying, oh, the far right is gaining ground in the Czech Republic. Oh, Mm -hmm. this guy is so far right. He's a nationalist. All these things. You know, the former president is a bit interesting. His name is Milos Zeman. But the Western media crucified him. He wasn't that bad of a guy. But every time he did something, they would always say, oh, he's a nationalist. He's far right. He's pro-Russia. Same thing about Andrey Babich, the former prime minister. They've made him seem to be a controversial figure. He does have his share of controversies, but he's not as controversial as they make him out to be. And on the flip side, with Czech liberals, they enjoy praising them. They love saying, every time a liberal wins in the Czech Republic, they like to say, oh, how great this is. This pro-Western person won. Czechia wants to lead lead the East by setting a good example, all this stuff right it seems hypocritical to me
0: yeah yeah see in in my eyes like <laughs> i guess i'm trying to find some examples here um i guess like how, how i kind of perceive it is like you know how I, I guess back like back in like college or whatnot you'll find like those classes that just have like certain people that just continuously like talk out they're always like the very loud ones in class and like let's say the part like you know the professor whoever's teaching resonates with that um and it's just a lot of like, you pass information that's just kind of like, but a bunch, essentially a bunch of yes men, like they're all just kind of bouncing off of each other. They're all just possessing the same things. And it's like, it just creates like this eco chamber of just like, I don't know, they, they don't have the ability to necessarily have like the deep thinking thought. They just automatically hop on bandwagons and whatnot. They don't think too much about what stuff actually means. It's just so much easier to be like, oh blanket terms let's just say that they're bad because of x y and z we're not actually going to bother to like think too hard on it
1: yeah definitely you know at college campuses in the us it's a well known fact that conservative voices are sometimes silenced and they're definitely not as prominent as liberal voices mm-hmm. it's also known that the southern states of the us are often seen as backwards and looked down upon by the our so-called more enlightened northern states that have shitty economics and have a lot of people <laughs> to move to the south. <laughs> well, food for thought, a similar comparison can be made with Slavic nations and Eastern European nations. It's yeah. like we're oftentimes looked over and silenced. And also we're seen as being the backwater of the EU or the, the people that lag behind. In terms of Western and liberal values.
0: You know but for God,
1: I wonder if there could be some kind of relationships
0: developed along those lines. That's that's interesting you bring that up, especially for the term like lag behind. I've actually I, I, I've seen that kind of expressed before, where they just kind of refer to Eastern Europe as just like this like, I don't know, I like old Cold War terms like oh second world or whatnot. Um and they they just make it seem like like they're so much better over the eastern half. They they just focus on certain things like oh you guys were stuck behind the iron curtain oh you guys had Soviet you know um, I guess doctrine ruling over you guys so you're you're just bad like oh you you guys just aren't aren't as cool as us you're not as relevant as us and so it's our duty to be like more you know like we think we're morally better than you we think but we're superior so we have to take care of you and make you guys more like us. And I, I, yeah, I like that's actually. It's a very big problem faced today. There there are a lot of instances where infrastructure has lagged behind due to a lot of people being stuck under the, uh, for lack of better words, shitty care of the Russians and Soviets because they fucked all all of Eastern Europe over. (laughs) And so these countries that were screwed over when they came out, like, you know, get Poland, for example, when it first came out, like, away from the control, Poland was not directly under the Soviet Union but it was more or less a satellite state this was like a puppet government of the Russians when they first came out they were noticeably just far behind a lot of Western Europe I mean it's kind of like when you saw like what happened with the reunification of Western Germany and Eastern Germany where Eastern Germany lagged behind a lot of Western Germany because they were under the communist socialist doctrine um the same was for all of Poland and so a lot of Western Europe looked down on them they're like oh They're just not as developed. They're just not as relevant. They're just not as cool. But, you know, decades later, Poland has made enormous strides in trying to improve themselves. And they've done an amazing job in in improving their infrastructure and becoming a much more relevant nation. That's just, I mean, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not here. Uh, It's on track to be one of the most relevant nations in Europe soon. I mean, hell, we already see militarily they're doing pretty damn good. But economically, they were set to be a become a, a pretty decent powerhouse in the next couple decades.
1: Definitely. In fact, this inferiority complex runs so deep that post communist nations amongst the Western Slavs decided to promote this term, Central European. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to figure out what Central European means. Nobody knows. <laughs> because Czechs are so big now on saying, oh, we're Central Europeans, we're not Eastern European. But you cross the German border, and you're Czech. They'll say you're Eastern European, and you'll say, "Oh no, I'm Central European." We don't consider you Central European here. You're Eastern European. So it's like we have this idea that we want to say we're Central Europeans, but nobody to the west gives two shits. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know if anybody. And I hope now, with you know the the economic rise of the Czech Republic and Poland, also Slovenia slovakia is kind of lagging behind (laughs) (laughs) um i hope with the rise of these countries that there'll be a new pride in the region and a sense of regional solidarity because as you mentioned poland is on track to be one of the main powers of the eu in addition to france and germany i mean militarily they're almost on their level and even the american military is beginning to see the potential to station troops in Poland and have a very robust relationship with the Polish military.
0: Yeah, absolutely. so Poland is
1: on track to be a major leader in the EU. Yeah, um yeah. And to be honest, I think it is in Czech's interest to
0: have a very, very close relationship with Poland in the future. Yes. Yeah. See, as, as a as a minor side note, actually, I, I do want to point out here is a small little victory. The Polish military actually is ranked quite high now. If uh, I if, if I Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I believe I read not too long ago that the Polish military is actually ranked above the German military now. Doesn't really surprise me, I guess, too much, uh, considering the the Bundeswehr in general it just it just seems like like they've they've just gone down this rapid decline in just quality. It, it's it's a little sad to see sometimes, but anyways, uh, when I picked up when you were saying uh, about, about solidarity. So especially what, like when it comes to like the idea of Central European versus Eastern European versus Southern European, do you kind of want to talk a little bit about why that's a really like a relevant thing here? Because there is a there are a lot of issues with solidarity in just the broad category of Slavs in general. I mean, I definitely personally, from my eyes, I, I don't see a lot of Western Slavs standing in solidarity, especially nowadays, with the Eastern Slavs. You know, except for Ukraine, they should be pretty united in uh, standing with Ukraine. You know, I saw a meme a while back that
1: um, showed the solidarity of each Slavic group. It showed South Slavs beating each other up. Yeah. (laughs) Slavs glaring at each other. And it showed West Slavs sitting at a table and enjoying beer. So I think that West Slavs have the best relationship. South Slavs probably have the most similarities culturally. I mean, Serbians, Croatians, and bosnians and montenegrins all speak basically the same language oh they man you're about, have... about to get some angry comments for that one <laughs> I, I mean they they have different dialects but they all speak the same standard language they do have different religions and that's the main difference but to be honest culturally like at least between like you know serbs a lot of bosnians and montenegrins they almost to me as an outsider seem like they're virtually the same. Now, Croatians, I kind of see more with Czechs and Slovaks, but the point being that I feel like South Slavs may have the most in common culturally, whereas East Slavs may have the most differences, and West Slavs are kind of in between, but still, because of us being in the EU, we're able to have
0: very good relationships. Fair. See, you. For the Eastern Slavs, I I don't necessarily know if they have the most differences per se. I think like with nowadays, obviously there's the war going on on the East or the quote-unquote special military operation, my bad. Um, (laughs) But I, I don't know if they necessarily have the most amount of just raw differences. I mean, Belarusians, Russians, and Ukrainians, they're the ones that constitute Eastern Slavs. And I guess in the past, maybe... They had a lot of similarities and whatnot. Belarusians, more or less, are just like puppets to the Russians at this point. Uh, and Ukrainians are obviously they're seen in a different light nowadays. And something I've noticed that like the Ukrainians, they're they're almost trying to change their identity. I've noticed a lot where they're looking towards places like Poland and kind of adopting stuff and trying to become more Polish. That's kind of a topic for for a different thing. Um, they there are they are trying to like stand in solidarity with like Western Slavs. But, like, they're doing it in a wrong way. They're, like, trying to go about changing their culture and kind of neglecting their own history. So, And for
1: me, it may be that just I've been too influenced by this old way of thinking. Because in the past, you know, I'm 25 years old. And when I was growing up, going to elementary school, mm. it was sort of taught that Ukrainians, Russians, and Belarusians were all sort of variations of the same culture that had its origin in Kievan Rus'. But now we're starting to see a re-examination of that old way of thought, because Ukrainians are really wanting to emphasize Western elements of their culture, namely their ties to Poland, also a bit their ties to Czechoslovakia as well in um, the Mm Transcarpathian region in the far Southwest. But Bel- then Belarus is a very interesting case because it is a case where the people do have their own identity, but their dictator Lukashenko basically heavily suppresses Belarusian culture. I don't know if any state where the suppression of that own state's culture is encouraged by its own government, aside from
0: Belarus. Also, uh, <laughs> Shout out to Lukashenko for being the last uh, person to be open about being a dictator in Europe. Like, th- th- this this dude's loud and proud with it. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, Yep, I'm, a, I'm Europe's last dictator. Lukashenko I'm not, I'm
1: is the like- dude who's like stuck in the past. Like, he still is stuck in that like 1970s communist mentality where he wants to run an efficient collective farm and run a state just like <laughs> the farm. He's you know, got all this Soviet nostalgia. He wants to be Russian, even though he's Belarusian. And he just has this idea, because that is what the Soviets preached, that Belarusian culture is backwards, so yeah. therefore, for d- to, to be enlightened, they should be like Russians. So, I guess, I, I know I'm talking a lot, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, Eastern Slavs to us and other Slavic nations seem similar, but actually they're not that similar. Yeah. This idea of
0: similarity is just a product of Russian propaganda. Right, right, yeah, no, no, I mean... I definitely agree. And I, I, it is kind of unfortunate that they are still stuck in that scenario. A lot of other nations were able to mostly break away from that. They are, you know, like, like we said earlier, they are encountering different problems in, in today from the West. Um, but it, it is regardless, it is still really sad to see that despite all the other people still you know, able to do their own thing, Belarusians are kind of stuck behind this and they're, they're just more or less screwed over, their own culture suppressed. And they're just told, oh, you guys are basically just supposed to be Russians at this point like you guys aren't your own people it's it's pretty messed up definitely but uh yeah you yeah, know i mean ultimately in my eyes like solidarity amongst slavs it's it's good in some some areas like you said probably notably in the west like for western slavs we're probably more or less the the strongest in terms of solidarity southern slavs in the balkans they have their they have their issues it's not quite as bad maybe as it once was a long time ago. You had like the Yugoslav wars where a lot of horrible things were committed by really all sides. Um, and then on the Eastern side, it's just a hot mess currently. <laughs> yeah, the new Yugoslavia's is in the East. <laughs> but, but I guess the important thing to, to know is like, we, we do want to see one day solid, like a lot more solidarity amongst Slavs because there is a lot of tension amongst various groups. There's a lot of problems faced today. I'm not necessarily sure how they're planning on navigating it. There's no way of really telling. But I would love to see all the Slavs able to come together. I'd love to see them be able to talk out a lot of differences and really kind of go forward because it's pretty important that, uh, that most of us Slavs stick together and try to get our voices out there. It's really important that that, that that they're able to preserve their own culture because in a lot of other places, like Western Europe, they don't seem to value that as much anymore, and they're just trying to say, well, screw it. You know, you guys have to be more like us, but they don't. They, they they need to do whatever whatever's best for them. And Slavs are different people. They're not the same as other people.
1: Yes. In conclusion, I would like to say that I think Slavic solidarity, Slavic brotherhood, Slavic sisterhood, these are great things. But we have to be careful because we should not utilize brotherhood to exert our own dominance. And that is something I really think Russians do. They like to use this guise of Slavic Brotherhood to exert their own culture and dominance. And that's not how it should be. It should be an equal collection of Slavic nations coming together and cooperating culturally in the modern world. And let me tell you today, as Tyler, you touched on, there's a sense in the West that identity is no longer important and mm-hmm. to most of us identity is important with the exception of a few westernized youth so that is a great avenue for cooperation right there you know cooperate with folklore have linguistic exchanges oh yeah have yeah. exchanges that university exchanges that research slavic mythology and examine different variations of slavic mythology across different slavic countries how mm-hmm. Try to figure out where different Slavic tribes once resided, because there's a lot of mysteries there that we don't know. There's so many opportunities for cultural cooperation that are just not happening, that need to start happening once again. But that cooperation needs to be equal, not a cooperation where one nation utilizes this to exert their own agenda.
0: Definitely, man. Um, well, all right, guys. Yeah, honestly, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this, this might have been a little bit longer of an episode than normal. So uh, th- thanks. if You guys managed to stay here for the whole time. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. I believe, Austin, it's the uh, going to be about the three C's initiative, correct? Yes, it's going to be about the three C's initiative. So if you haven't heard this before, stay tuned. If you made it this the episode, Slava Muy Brat. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. Make sure to stay tuned on our social media. We'll be updating you guys for any future content and any uh, further announcements. All right, guys. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. See you.